We're trying, man. We're trying. They're trying to teach me how to dance. I've had several offers this morning after the first service. They said, you know what you need, bro? You, you need lessons. Uh, I'm like, hey, I don't know. Whatever. It's painful, but it's true. Good to see everybody. Everybody doing all right this morning? What's up, New City? Pete, thank you guys, man. Awesome, beautiful music. Lisa Seawasson back in the house. And as a Daniel, thank you guys very much. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. My name is Casey, one of the pastors serving alongside you guys. Uh, thank you guys for being uh, with us this morning. Uh, you want to you wanna come on up here, bro? Man, somebody, somebody, somebody. Give it up for Kevin Sanford. Kevin is in the house. Kevin has done a lot of work for us, and he's got uh, some announcements to make. Before we do that, I want to pray for our offering, and, um, and we'll, get, uh, we'll get the day rolling. Father, we love you. We thank you for uh, your provision. This is, uh, this is your money, your, the way you have provided for each of us individually and collectively as a body of believers is amazing. And the way you have provided uh, things like a, a new playground, thank you for using Kevin and his crew for um, you know, putting that together. And we ask, Lord, that you, you provide for the different ministries that are coming up in, in this year and next year. Things like, uh, you know, communications. We pray for Tony Reeshavers, who's leading that out. Young adults. And we pray for Ben and Hannah White that are leading that out. Student City. Uh, thank you for Pam being called to that, that ministry. And Kid City, thank you for Alicia Smith, who runs, runs those those kids are just amazing. Worship, Lord, thank you for Pastor Pete. Celebrate recovery. Thank you for, for Dustin and Nicole Fry that are going to be leading out on that. Father, we thank you for the connections that we're going to be able to make and, and in first impressions. We thank you for, for Emily Cunningham and, and Lori and Joe Knight that they are uh, going to be doing so many different things. And as we do this offering, Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity to, to have more education and more opportunities to learn about your word through our Christian education. Thank you for my lovely wife, Judy, for taking that on, and we thank you for that. So, Lord, we just we lift our offering up to you. There's so many things that uh, you've laid on us this year to do and start, and not to mention we're praying also for the, for the, the Early Learning Academy that is scheduled to open this year. And, Lord, we're asking for great favor from things like fire and marshal and inspections that need to happen. And we ask that you just make those things, uh, make those paths straight. We love you, and we trust you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Kev, you got a microphone. All right, let me get you one. Hold on, hold on. Otherwise, you'd have to get close to me, and that's not cool. Hello. Hello. I am Kevin Sanford. What up, um, Kevin? I've been out in the back with uh, Jim Harris uh, and with the help of Pam, Sill, and Tony mm. G, mm -hmm. um, and so many others. We've been able to build the playground back there, um, and we're almost done. We just would like to ask for a final donation of just outdoor toys fit for three- to five-year-olds. Um, next week, I'll bring a big tub, and you can just drop off a bunch of toys in there and yeah thank you very cool thank you brother it's right there drop the mic did you say that <laughs> don't drop it it's expensive just kidding <laughs> i don't know then breaking things is my thing thank you very much thank you very much 
see nobody. Everybody just gives me a hard time, you know, and I act like it doesn't hurt, and it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I love you guys. So I love this church so much. I really do. One of the things, uh, if you haven't gotten uh, the newsletter that, that came out, got, we got put out over the weekend. Um, I think it came out last night, but we um, want to, uh, if, you'll, if you'll read through some of those things in different ministries that we've got going on, we want to make sure um, that we keep in mind our Thanksgiving offering coming up in November, I think it's November 22nd or 21st maybe, um, I apologize, I should know that, but uh, for the ministries that we're going to be doing uh, next year, be praying through that, um, uh, that we're going to be uh, able, that God provides the funding for all the things that he has laid on us to do, which he will, right? Amen. And so one of the things we want to do too is uh, in that newsletter is a survey. Now the survey is about what we're, what one of the things that God has laid on us this, this upcoming year to do is for us as a church body to start more and more and more feeding ourselves in the word reading the word on our own teeth like like have like having opportunities to learn through whether it's a speaker coming in from uh, like an, uh, like a noted speaker coming in to teach us some things or city groups or personal bible studies and so we have a survey that we're going to ask everybody to fill out and so if you didn't get the the uh, newsletter please check your junk mail that kind of thing and if you didn't get or if you Still checked it, say, hey, I don't see it from this weekend. Uh, let one of us know at the Connect desk. Let me know. Let somebody know that you want to get that and get your uh, correct email address. We want to make sure we get everybody that can have the opportunity. And we want to, ch- like, what we want to do is not just have opportunities to learn, like, like Bible studies and small groups and those kind of things, but find out when is the best time. Because we can say, hey, Wednesday at 7 o'clock is a great time. And if nobody shows up, it's not a good time, right? We want to hear from other people first. We want to find out what you're interested in. Because if I think, hey, I think we ought to do something about about maybe so the political climate or the racial climate or things like that. Let's have a city group on that. And nobody shows up because everybody wants to talk about marriage and finances, right? Want to to hear from everybody about those things. Amen? It's going to be a fun time. So, and this week has been kind of crazy. Actually, I got to give it up to uh, Alicia Smith, who saved my um, keister this morning. So, so this morning, if you don't know, like one of the things I did last night is I printed everything out for. Cause we got a, a meeting after this that we're going to be uh, talking from the, the the ministry leaders and that kind of thing. So pray for that meeting too, because this is we're all getting together, talk through some different things. Uh, and, and so I printed all that out, printed out my, my sermon message uh, notes and all that kind of stuff. Get up this morning, go up there, and the printer is jacked up, right? It's all messed up. And we've been having problems with the printer ever since we've been had it for like two years. It was only a $100 printer anyway, whatever, you know. But I was like, man, that's it. You know, we've been talking about getting a new one. This is a perfect time. So I picked it up, unplugged it, and threw it in the trash. Because I got to commit to it. But then I said, I got a bigger problem. I still have no sermon notes, you know. Like if I get up there and I have nothing to read off of. So I called Alicia this morning and I said, hey, Alicia, would you please, hey, like if I sent this stuff to you, could you print it off? She got it off, printed it off. So, um, but there have been times where I have printed off messages 
and I accidentally hit the wrong message and have, oh, that's not today. And I, like some people are like, I had no idea you did that. And I, I would go, oh, read this with me along with me or something like that. Here's, I got most of the notes up here, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a, kind of a wild thing. But one of the things that I love about our church and one of the things that I have loved is that we really kind of just get together. We, we, we got each other's back, right? But a lot of us are, are, are we just have fun together, right? Like me and, me and Daniel trying to get the, get the kid and play going on, you know, that kind of thing. Like we have a good time together. We're out in the parking lot throwing the football. We're, we're enjoying one another's company. And, and, and in reality, that's what children do. You know, I was down in Kid City because I, I go down through Kid City and I, I walk, you know, walk through. I try to, try to walk around the outside, the inside, that kind of thing. And I was in Kid City this morning and, and I was... And I was talking to the kids, and I was going, all right, no, I want everybody to know, no laughing, no playing, no fun, no smiling. This is church. This is serious business. What do you think the kids did? Laughed, smiled, played, and then they proceeded to come up and punch me. Well, a couple of them did, <laughs> which hurt, but it was kind of like, hey, they like me. You know, it's like, it's kind of like kind of one of those affirming things, like, ah, pow, right? This is what kids do. Like children do, what's that? Somebody said, oh, I thought somebody, yeah, so, so this is what kids do. Like they, they play, right? There's no preconceived notion about like who they're supposed to play with. And even somebody that comes and says something like, even an authority, not that I have a lot of authority with the kids or anything like that. But even if somebody with authority comes and says, no smiling, no laughing, no fun, this is serious business, got to conduct yourself in a certain way in church, right? They still do out of a joy that comes out of just the children's hearts. It's absolutely beautiful. They do the opposite of what they're told anyway. And, and I'm not saying they're being disobedient. I say you can't stop children from playing. You can't stop children from having fun. You can't stop children from smiling. And most of the time, you can't stop children from punching me. People have tried, and it doesn't work. But the the, the reality is it's a... It's a blast being a kid. And some of us remember what it was like to be a child and thinking, man, I got no stress. I got no problems. I got no issues. I got no, you know, like I didn't have to worry about bills. I didn't have to worry about, you know, and I didn't even know anything about racism or politics or healthcare or any you know, all the stressful things that, that we've, like we have had in the last 18 months, a political crisis, a financial crisis, a healthcare crisis, a, like you name it, a racial crisis, right? And you know what's wild about children? They all flew under the radar on all that stuff. They still play. They're still laughing. If, if even though there's all this racial tension and financial tension and healthcare tension and political tension, there may be another child that is different skin tone, political family, socioeconomic status, and they may not even be vaccinated and that other kid, like they don't even care. I don't think little children are vaccinated, whatever. But you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like they don't have anything to do with all those kind of things. It's almost like they're, they're above. I, you know, I said they flew under the radar. I think they may be above all that junk that, that adults tend to get bogged down in and Facebook on and things like, like, hey, I do it too, right? There are times I go, man, this is not right. I got a comment, right? And they're like, it's, it's amazing how children just 
enjoy themselves, right? And we can learn a lot from children. Amen. And as we're in this series called This Is How We Do It, and I can't get that song out of my head. I even had to play it on Spotify. Like, this is ridiculous, right? But it's a, this, the reason we call This Is How We Do It is in 1 John, John, the disciple who is described as the one that Jesus really loved, wrote a letter to the early church, and, and, and several times, this is how we do. This is how we do this, and this is how we do that. And what's interesting is that what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks is that Jesus said that he is the truth and the reason that he, was, he came into the world and, 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 and was born into the world was to testify to the truth. And he said that those on the side of truth listen to my voice. And there's a lot of voices that, that we tend to listen to and we tend to be distracted by and pulled away from, frankly, but away from Jesus' voice because we're into politics or we're into the healthcare thing or into the racial thing or into this, that kind of thing. And we tend to, tend to get clouded out by Jesus' voice because we're not focused on the truth. Here's what I am challenging us as a church to be. We will be guided by the truth, period. His word, that what Jesus said, that's what we're going to go by. Whatever Jesus' stance is, right? When it comes to different things, and there's a lot of answers in Scripture. may not be the exact answers we're looking for, but, man, you can, you, can, you can find out a whole lot of things about what Jesus says. This is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to give us opportunities to start reading this on our own, studying this together as a group of, of believers. Because if I'm not guided, here's, some people are asking, you know, uh, things like, well, what do you think about this in politics? What do you think about this in healthcare? What do you think about this and that and all the different things, right? And, and over and over, I just say, I'm guided by the truth of the word of God. I'm guided by Jesus himself. What he said is what, is what I'm going to go by because there are some pretty clear things he said in his word. And people are like, well, what about this scholar or that scholar? And I always answer this way. When that scholar can claim to be God, show themselves to be God, say they're going to die and rise from the dead, maybe they'll get a little bit of an answer. But otherwise, it's Jesus that has done that, who says certain things, I'm going to believe him over anybody, even if they've got more degrees than a circle. Amen. Jesus is God, they're not. They will not rise from the dead, he did. So I'm going to listen to him. He's the one I'm going to be guided by. Amen? And that's the challenge for us. It's like, it's so simple to approach life like that, but then it gets complicated because we as adults tend to get off a little bit. Let's read what John said to the early church, which was going through a lot of the same things now. That we're, that we're as a church culture are going through, a lot of the things we're going through now, there's a lot of, a lot of different, uh, you know, cultural things going on. There was some false teaching going on. And we as a church globally, if you will, are going through some of the same things. And listen to what he said. He says, dear friends, 1 John 2, starting at verse 7, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old command that you have had from the beginning. The old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness, oh, I love this, is passing away, and the true light is already shining. 
What did Jesus called us in his very first public ministry sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, to be the salt of the earth and a light to the world. And this is the stance that we're going to take as a church. You and me together are going to be the light to the darkness in the world. I am done. Like, hear me out. I'm done with my fellow Christians saying that the world is going to go to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing we can do about it. I'm done. I'm done with people saying, oh yeah, this is all written down in Revelation, you know, it's all going to go away. And it is at some point. But I am done with people. Like I was sitting with some of like fellow pastors. One of them was a very prominent pastor in town. And, and even those guys were, that, that are leading the flocks of, 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 of who God has put in front of them were saying, this country is going down. And, I just, and I'm, like, I'm like, I'm furious. I'm going, no, not on my watch, not on your watch. No, no, no longer are we going to say it's inevitable. You know how many, how many revivals have happened over the last few hundred years when people have it's gone downhill and people have struggled and there's been all kinds of false teaching, but all kinds of bad things happen in the culture. Do you know how many times revival has happened and we think for some reason we just can't do anything about it? And I know it's God, but He said we are the light of the world. No longer are we going to sit here and say, yeah, there's nothing we're going to do. And everything's going down. It's all going to come. And I want Jesus to come back. But we use this excuse like, well, yeah, that's just a sign of Jesus. all written down in Revelation. And here's Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. Yes, it's dark. But what did John say? Light is already shining. Guys, we don't have to live in a, a way that we're defeated. As if somehow God doesn't have the power to overcome all the junk that we are somehow thinking is just too much to overcome. It's not true. It's a lie. And it's a lie from the enemy, frankly, the devil, who's like, and I got these people thinking that God can't do this. This is awesome. Wormwood, check it out with you forever, Wade. Some C.S. Lewis stuff. You'll know what I'm talking about. The demonic is laughing. The fact that they go, gosh, they got the creator of the universe in them, and they think somehow they can't have revival in their country. It's amazing, amen? Not on our watch. Were you with me, New City? Not on our watch. We're going to be the light of the world. Darkness is overtaken by light. You've never seen a light be overtaken by darkness. Have you ever noticed that? You can light a candle in a very large room that's completely dark and it lights up, but that darkness will never take over that candle until you blow it out. We are the light of the world. And we're going to fight like it. And we're going to be children like it, the way God has called us to be. Listen, what else John says? The one who says he is in the light, but hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother remains in the light, and there's no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing to you, listen to this, little children, because your sins have been forgiven because of Jesus' name. I'm writing you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I'm writing you, young men, because you have had victory. 
This is past tense, by the way. Did you figure this? You have had victory over the evil one. It's already done. The victory has happened. Amen. I've written to you, children, because you have come to know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I've written to you, young man, because you are strong. Like, this is encouraging to, to the early church that's going through a lot of the similar stuff we are as a church like global church. It's amazing to me. It's one of the reasons why I love our church so much. We just keep plugging away, man. And I know that there are things in, that are happening that it's not, it's not a matter of like being ignorant of the things that are happening. I'm just saying that we are the light of the world and we're not going to approach it as if we're already defeated. Here's John saying you have already won. Amen. The one from the beginning who I've written to you, young men, because you are strong, God's word remains in you, and you have had victory over the evil one. Man, stamp that, highlight that, put some neon signs on it. It's already done. Do not love the world, verse 15, or the things that belong to the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For everything that belongs to the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride in one's lifestyle, ouch, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does God's will remains forever. And all God's people said, man, here's the deal. I was rocked by this because when he started calling them little children, it reminded me that we've got to be more childlike, not childish, childlike. Doesn't mean we're immature and acting like kids and not growing up and not learning how to feed ourselves, I'm saying, but we've got to be childish. And I have a reason for saying that. Jesus, when he was in the temple in Mark 10, was teaching some very adult-type stuff. He was teaching, hey, by the way, I'm God, and I'm going to be killed and rise from the dead and all these kind of things, right? And then he started talking about divorce and things like that, things that don't happen with children, right? Things that don't pertain to little kids. And he started talking about those things. and Like heavy-duty stuff he's teaching in the temple. Grown-up stuff, right? And I remember even Jesus one time when he was, uh, actually it, a lot of people don't know this, he, he turned over tables twice in the temple. He's like, nope, 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 this is not going to happen, not on my watch, right? He did it twice. You know what the, the adults were like, this guy's crazy. What's he doing? I don't know about this guy, right? Let's go kill him. You know what the children did? They rejoiced. There's something about kids. They just see things differently. It's like they can, they can see through. Guys, they can see the truth of things of what are going on because they don't have this preconceived notion of what's right culturally, politically, racially. I mean, man, I was thinking about this. There's no racism with kids. They just, they don't care what color, skin tone, that t- they, let's go play. You ever notice that? There's no socioeconomic prejudice. You're poor, I'm rich, I'm, I'm poor, you're rich, and we just can't get along. They just like, let's play. They don't notice they got holes in their overalls. Well, some kids have holes in their jeans and whatever, you know. It's, that's the cool thing, I don't know. There's no 
There's no prejudice or preconceived notion. And there's no, none of this, I'm not going to play with you because of the way you were brought up politically in your, in your home. Because your parents are Republicans, I'm not playing with you, right? It's none of that stuff, right? Or your parents are Democrat or Libertarian or whatever, right? None of that stuff. Political beliefs, vaccinated, unvaccinated, they don't care. It's, it's, it absolutely stuns me how kids can have this thing done right and play together without any of this crap, frankly, that we're exposed to and some of us are struggling with. And when Jesus was teaching all these heavy things in the temple, verse 13, some people were bringing little children to him so he might touch them. But his, his disciples rebuked them. They, and, I, and it doesn't really say what the, what the disciples said, but, but you can pretty much imagine what the disciples said. Hey, bring those, get those kids out of here. We're doing adult stuff. Right? Let them sit at the kids' table. We got the big people table over here. Right? I, you know, it's like, get those kids out of here. We ain't got time for stuff that doesn't really matter. This is heavy-duty teaching. He's, he's teaching here. When Jesus saw it, verse 14, he was indignant. You know what indignant means? P.O.'d. He was not happy. He was mad. And, and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Now, you think about this. We're doing big people stuff here. And he says, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He even goes further. Check this out. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God, check this out, like a what? Child. Remember we said we got to be childlike, not childish, not immature, childlike. He says, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child, this is the scary part, will never enter it. Now remember last week we talked about, hey, what does it mean to be burned if you're not, you know, all this, like if you're not connected to the vine, and what does it mean to be cut off and all that kind of stuff? And yet the command is to be connected to Jesus, right? Meaning we don't have to worry about the consequences of being burned, being cut off, all that kind of stuff, because scholars are divided, right? And it, this is the same thing. It's like if you are like a little child, you'll get to enter the kingdom of, of heaven with Jesus. If you approach him like that. If not, then you got to worry about what not being able to enter the kingdom of God means. Amen? So what's the command here? The command is to be childlike in our approach to Jesus. Not immature, not, not uninformed, not ignorant. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about being childlike, humble, submissive, trembling. Isaiah 66, verse 2 comes to mind is, is what Jesus, what God says, the word says, is that I will show favor to this kind of person, one who is humble, one who is submissive in spirit, and one who trembles at my word. Those are three qualities that frankly are very rare, even in the church. And yet he says it very plainly, this is who I show favor to. These are children, childlike people. Humble and submissive and trembling. 
verse 16. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. And all God's people said, amen. And, and I just, I love this because what we got to do is we got to, you know, this week I want to ask you guys to, to take some time this week and say, like, let God expose where, like, where am I not being childlike? You know, and I wasn't childlike this morning. I mean, when I'm throwing the printer away in a frustrated rage, I don't think kids do that. They don't even print stuff out. Well, some do. They're awesome. Some kids know how to, some kids can come up to, I was like, hey, I'm having problems with my laptop. And some, you know, some six-year-old might go, there you go, done. It's not, a, it's not a lack of knowledge. It's a, it's a heart set and a mindset, amen. And so, man, I want to, I want to ask us, to really ex- like let God examine our hearts and our minds. But for us as a church, we're going to be childlike. We're going to bring kingdom to the world because we are light of the world and, and the salt of the earth. And this is like we no longer are going to take the status quo as saying it's inevitable that there's going to be a falling away. It's inevitable that this country is going to go down in flames, it's inevitable that this world is going to crash and burn as if we don't have a say in it. As if there's this already defeated thing. Man, we're going to think differently. We're going to think like little kids and go, why not? Why can't people come to know the Lord? Why can't there be worldwide revival? Why can't there be a movement? There's been a bunch of them throughout history. Why not? Why not us? I think. Look at the sign. And I ask you to, as you leave today, there's a sign that says, "Will it be us?" We ask that question about, "Will it be us that that reaches the people of our city and our community?" But will it be us that actually has the the understanding that we can bring kingdom no matter where we're at? And we can, have, we can be the light to the world that is darkness. Darkness ain't going to overtake us. What if we have that strong mentality to fight the war against the spiritual enemy the way he is called, the way God has called us to fight? Amen. It's an amazing thing. It's a different mindset. But, man, no longer are we going to sit back and go, yep, it's inevitable. No, it is not. Not if we're the light of the world. And not if we're the salt of the earth. And not if we're children of God. Amen. Father, we love you. And we're thankful for you. We're thankful that you have, you have given us the opportunity and you have given us the grace, frankly, to overcome so many things. Forgive us, Lord, for ex- just accepting that the world is going to go and crash and burn. Lord, we know what's written in your in your word, but what may we not be the cause of it? May we not be the the group of believers that gave up and said, you know, it's just over. Because it's not. We are still breathing. Our hearts are still beating. You've given us a mindset and a heart set that that loves you. And may we be that light. May we be the childlike warriors. 
that bring your kingdom. Fight the way you called us to fight. Until, until you come get us and bring us home. We love you. We trust you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody online said and everybody in here said, amen.